This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon and I'm here with Mims. How are you, Mims? I'm doing great and I'm so excited because we have something special going on today. Um, On the air, we have a special guest. Um, We have Jennifer Lamer's Summer. Is it Summer? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, finally, I don't butcher somebody's name because I'm prone to that. <laughs> um, so you are a Wisconsin psychic medium, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I am originally from Wisconsin and am working as a full-time medium here in the state, though I, I read for people all over the world. Oh, wow. I did not know that. So welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you on. And how we met was actually kind of funny and fun. Um, Fallon and I were just shopping for books. And then we just turned around and you guys were there. So that was really awesome. We heard keywords where we were like, yeah, yeah these people, these are like people like us. <laughs> right. That would be me saying sarcastic things out loud. <laughs> to hear all the time. <laughs> it's awesome though. I love when we meet like-minded and you know people that are like us, just weird and like the you know morbid type of things. And you know I'm here for it. So we're so happy to have you on today. Um, and do you have anything that you want to share right off the bat, or do you want to get right into it? Um, I'll just share that I love podcasts. I do one also, and we love the weird stuff too. So, you know, I love that you guys are representing our state in some interesting ways. So thank you. Thank you. Feel free to share your podcast name and info too. So our listeners can check that out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, We're, we're called paranormal coffee hour. And we talk about not just Wisconsin, though we have a lot of areas of Wisconsin we cover, but we just talk about normalizing the weird, the wonderful, and the woohoo, as we call it. I love that. That sounds awesome. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get into it. Can you tell our listeners exactly what a psychic medium is? <laughs> Um, a psychic medium is usually seen as somebody who's trying to pull the wool over somebody else's eyes, but what we really are, um, we're a 
legitimate <laughs> is we're really somebody who, um, when the terms are used together, a psychic is somebody who taps into energy of people and we read your energy and we also can read like where that energy is headed. So you would go see a psychic if you're asking like, what's going on in my life? What do I need to do differently? Things like that. And, mm -hmm. and it's meant as a way to kind of get your gauge of like how my life is going so that you can make the determination if you want to fix or change something. A medium is somebody who is trained to connect into spirit to of people who've passed. They're not the same thing. Some people call themselves psychics some and some people call themselves mediums, but a psychic medium is somebody who can do both. And that's what I do. Wow. Thank you for clarifying that. Because I don't think a lot of people know they use the terms interchangeably and they're not, yeah. they're not the same thing. Yeah. No, all mediums are psychic because it's kind of like if you were to break this down to like school levels, so to speak, because I was a teacher once upon a time. Um, it's kind of like you know, a psychic is in their, their sophomore year of understanding how to pick up on energy and work on energy, whereas a medium has gone and gone up a couple levels. So they're like their senior year where they're really at a higher energy level that they have to work at than a psychic does. Wow, I learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm still teaching. <laughs> <laughs> So when was the first time that you realized that you had this ability? I almost kind of want to think of it as like the movie, uh, The Shining, when you first felt that shine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and what did people say when you started experiencing things like this? I'm sure it wasn't, you know, like, I mean, personally, if a little girl or a little boy was like, hey, I see somebody right behind you or, you know, whatever the case may be, I'd be like, oh, you don't say. <laughs> So I, I'm a, I was born in the seventies, grew up in mostly the eighties. Um, and my parents raised us really strict Catholic. So when I started to see things, I honestly can't tell you the first time I saw something because it's just something that was happening and I didn't know what was going on, but I can tell from my older siblings and what they've shared with me, it started happening when I was probably four years old where I was verbalizing it. Um, it's so cute when little kids see things because we can blame it on imaginary friends. And that's what my family did. They're like, oh, she's got imaginary friends. Right. And, yeah. And my sister, um, God, I love my, I have, I'm one of five. And my oldest sister's like, you were coming up with the weirdest names for your imaginary friends, like really <laughs> old people names. <laughs> And she goes, we kind of knew that probably wasn't an imaginary friend, but we didn't want to say anything. Right. Um, my parents just, they didn't, they didn't want that for me. They didn't want me to be like, to be able to do that. So their way of dealing with it was basically to tell me like I was imagining things or I was um, oversensitive, like. I was that kid that would cry really easily over what seemed like nothing. Um, 
I learned later that's because I'm an empath and <laughs> we just do that. Um, <laughs> but I also was scared all the time. And so when I talk to other people, because um, I kind of work with others who are trying to break into becoming mediums, one of the commonalities I find between us is a lot of us grew up with fear. We grew up experiencing things that oftentimes adults in our life said, no, that's not real. But to us, it was. And I always say, like, my standard go to bed, like, routine was run, jump in the bed, <laughs> you know, so nobody grabs you from underneath the bed. And mm -hmm. then, like, pull the blankets up, tuck them around my face. And because, like I said, I grew up Catholic. I'm like, I look like the Virgin Mary, like in bed, <laughs> like my face <laughs> covered. And I realized that there's a lot of people who, who did that, who, who've done that because of the same fears. Yeah. I mean, I still have like feelings of, um, I guess wanting to like see if something's behind me or, um, just having like a presence there and just like kind of just wanting to get out of there um, yeah. as an adult so I mean I'm sure as children when you first start feeling like that it's just more enhanced more amplified yes and for a lot of us um, we it's almost as if so we talk often about like the clairs the clairsentience the claircognizance the clairaudience the clairvoyance, all those things about being able to see, hear, and experience things that aren't on the, the normal light or audio spectrum. And when we're young, often those, most of those are all open up. So I was hearing, seeing, smelling, just all those experiences. And it's almost um, as if we sort of take the dial on that radio and turn it all the way down because that's what society wants us to do. So that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> I came to have that dial flipped back up on me without my wanting as I got older. And specifically when I started um, investigating with a paranormal team that I've been a part of for like the last six years. So yeah is that <laughs> go ahead did that push you in this direction of wanting to share with the world what your abilities are and helping people with readings and stuff like that like what was there a key moment that led you to say like I need to work with people and help people on this journey I went into mediumship kicking and screaming like I did this is <laughs> not what I was going to do um and which is funny for people because they think a lot of times when you see somebody who calls themselves a psychic medium, you think, okay, this is somebody who thinks they can do this and, and they're pretending to do it. Um, but I could do it and I didn't want to. I didn't want to because I didn't want to have to deal with people constantly questioning me about whether mm -hmm. or not I'm able. So when I went into it was finally the point where I realized after, um, I would say I could have either kept trying to tune it out and it would have literally made me start to go crazy or I had to accept it so that, you know, and look crazy temporarily, at least in my eyes. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what I did is I accepted it, which meant I went and I got mentoring um, through a really great college over in England that mentored me, thank God, through Zoom. Um, <laughs> and I, I did all of that just so that I could feel like I knew what I was doing. Right. And even to this day, I'm, I still get where I'm like, did I really get that information? Like, is that real? You question yourself all the time. Yes. But it was really hard to step into being a medium. And I, I did that reluctantly at first. And then what triggered me to keep going and then go do it full time was when I started to see what an impact it could make for people, especially people in grief and helping mm -hmm. them work through their grief. Right. And then I realized, okay, I can do this. <laughs> right. That's but awesome. We deal, we deal with so much imposter syndrome for, for those of us who get called to this because it's like, well, who am I to do this work? Right. And I feel like you must feel that, but us as people in general have that in us anyways. Like I feel like an imposter in my life all the time. So I, I can't imagine <laughs> somebody that has like a gift. You, yeah. you must question it sometimes. So I definitely get that. Yeah, it is. It's hard. And there's days where I feel off my game and I'm like, oh, please just let things happen easily. Like, <laughs> Please, spirits, be kind and don't make me work really hard to understand what you're trying to say. Right. Um, and and you can't do this. There's there's things I've learned where I can't do this when I'm sick. So I, I come from a family that works like work ethic was prized. So getting sick was like, oh my God, like I'm right. a failure if I'm sick. And this has challenged me in so many ways to to get through some of my own issues that I, I picked up along the way. So getting sick means I'm not doing it for that day. Mm -hmm. And getting COVID meant I wasn't doing it for like two and a half weeks. Oh yeah. I, I didn't yeah. even think about that. So yeah, that must've really affected you. I was scared to be honest. I thought, what am I going to be like afterward? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can tell you, um, <laughs> it got really weird afterward. Oh. I, yeah, I went from being somebody who I'm known as a mental medium or, a, or an evidential medium, somebody who gets the information in and then like, like pulls it back out. Mm -hmm. And like, here's what I see. Here's what I'm picking up. And usually it's pretty basic information. After COVID, I started to experience physical symptoms of those who've passed. Wow. So it, it was adding a little bit of an additional physical mediumship to it, where if somebody had, um, I did a reading today where somebody's brother had passed from open, uh, bad open heart surgery, and my heart just kept hurting. And I just kept saying, God, my heart really hurts when I tap into him. Did he have something wrong with his heart? And they went, yeah, <laughs> that's wow. how he died. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. So COVID was tough, but it, it brought me back in a way that I never expected. And honestly, I'm kind of happy and not happy all about it at the same time. <laughs> right. right. I do without the feelings of like death and what it felt like for these people. Yeah, that must have been really intense. Yeah. 
<laughs> so what led you to this journey? And was there any significant moments in your life that pushed you in this direction? Yeah. So it was my own loss. Um, when I was 20, my mother passed away unexpectedly. Oh, and wow. that is, <laughs> for me, I, I struggled to grieve it. It was like I lost my best friend. It was my parent that I connected with the most. Um, and it took me quite a long time to grieve that death. And it was <laughs> when I talked to people about like starting to be a medium, my mother was the first person I talked to. She was the one who helped me learn my mediumship because I was trying to grieve the loss of her. And as I'm trying to grieve the loss of her, I kept hearing things. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm losing my mind. Mind you, I'm sitting in a mausoleum in Green Bay because I'm from Green Bay originally. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in a mausoleum in Green Bay going, is there like an echo in here? Like, is there somebody talking? <laughs> what am I hearing? And it, eventually I came to understand, like, I'm hearing her. I'm hearing her talk to me. It sounds like me, which is really weird when you explain it, but it's almost as if it's like you hear it through your own voice, but you know it's not you. Okay. That's how it started. Now, I actually hear other people's voices now as I've developed, but when it started, it was almost like I was hearing my own voice. And that is really difficult because one of the things as mediums and, and even psychics we have to learn to do is to trust. Trust is like our hardest thing. So if you've, <laughs> I always laugh because I'm like, usually it's those of us who've had like trust issues in ourselves that are occultists. <laughs> it's like, yeah. let's work on this trust issue you have while we work on mediumship with you. Great idea. Just a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Do you really have sorry. moments when you hear something and you're wondering if anybody else can hear it? Yes. God, yes. <laughs> oh my God. I look I around like, am I the only person hearing this? Did somebody else hear me hear this too? Like, I don't want to ask because if I'm the only person that heard it, they're definitely going to think I'm crazy, but. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times where I'm like, but you not heard that or did you all hear that? Anybody else hear that? <laughs> and and it's funny now because I'm more confident in what I do, but what, but honestly, when I was when it was happening, I'm like, kind of looking around, looking to see if other people are trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, my my team that I'm on, my paranormal team, they laugh at me because that'll happen when we're investigating. And suddenly I'm like, and they go, did you just hear something? And I'm like, mm -hmm, did you guys all hear that? They're like, no, <laughs> nope, it's you. Because like, okay. <laughs> it, it's so loud sometimes that you're like, how did you not hear this? right mm -hmm. what is your like best and worst experience in this field um wow 
my best experience is getting to work with people who have lost a loved one through suicide. Oh, wow. It is one of the hardest things I do and yet one of the most rewarding because I they get answers a lot of times that right. they needed to get. And it's really hard. Unfortunately, a lot of the suicides I've worked with have been young people. Mm. But it also has, I've seen tremendous transformations in their family after they've done the reading. And just a feeling of being able to be at peace is like priceless to me to help them yeah. get that. Um, the hardest part of my job, <laughs> uh, where do I start? <laughs> um, <laughs> the most difficult, honestly, when I have people who who are reluctant to come to me, I always think, why are you coming? Mm -hmm. Because they're coming with all their walls up. Right. And almost as if no matter what I say, it's going to be wrong because they don't want to hear it. Mm. So I always tell people that I, I go off of a hundred percent recommendation. I'm not, a, I don't advertise. Oh, so okay. when people recommend that someone comes to me, I always say, if you recommend me, please recommend me to somebody who's ready. Because if they're not ready, they will block it. And, and I've had it happen. And it's frustrating to me because I'm very much, I, I take a lot of pride in what I do. And I want to do a good job for everyone. And they're just not, it, the information can be totally correct and they will tell me it's not. And I know that's because oftentimes I've had well, one, one specific incident. I had somebody that they were related to sitting next to them going and shaking their head at me like, mm -hmm, <laughs> yep. And the person's like, no, no. Wow. And you can tell by the body language. And I actually, I don't do this very often. I stopped the reading and I said, you know what? I don't think we're going to get anywhere. And I don't know if you're ready. So I think it's probably best for both of us just to stop. And it, it was really hard to do that. Um, the other hardest part is sometimes people will interpret things that you say. They'll skew them in the wrong in a in a way that was never intended. So you kind of have to be careful how you phrase things. For sure. I've learned that lesson um, because they might take something that was meant totally harmless, totally like like, hey, consider this. And they'll skew it as like it's a personal attack on them. Right. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> you kind of sit there going, huh? How did, <laughs> how did that translate to that? Right. Um, so you just being careful about what you say is, is the obnoxious part of the job because you just want to say what you get, but you're right. also dealing with people and you have to be appropriate. Yeah. people in grief too like they are in a really sensitive spot so I'm sure that everything they they absorb in, in their grief is just taken to a 10 so which yeah. you can't but I, I mean I get it and even as a psychic if somebody is doesn't feel good about themselves and there's something that comes out that you know, relates to maybe an area that triggers them into feeling bad, 
and it's meant in the totally harmless, like, hey, just think about this, they may take that incorrectly because mm -hmm. they're already insecure about it. So those are kind of the things I, I watch out for. Um, what I have clients that see me every single month and I constantly have to remind them I am not a therapist. I am <laughs> a psychic medium. <laughs> But sometimes funny. they get them like it like well you're like therapy I'm like no 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 <laughs> not therapy that's funny what is one of the most interesting encounters that you have had uh, I like that well. she laughed right away <laughs> <laughs> I'm like huh. <laughs> How much time do you have now? Um, <laughs> so honestly, one of the services that I do is like cleansing a space's energy. So like cleansing a home's energy, cleansing a business's energy. And that is usually where I start running into some of the weirdest, most bizarre stuff I've ever encountered. And this is the moments in time where I go, is that really real? Like, is that really what I'm getting? Because I have run into, um, in the Fox Cities, mind you, in uh, Menasha. <laughs> um, if you know the history of Menasha, it's a bloody history back in the late 1700s uh, with the Fox tribe. And I have literally run into spirits who are like angry, weird, um, morphing themselves, shape shifting themselves into something scary. Oh, wow. Uh huh. To basically um, drive people away from a location because they're angry. Wow. And I'm like, I remember running into this thing and I'm thinking, no, that's not real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, and I brought in another medium to look into it. And they're like, nah, um, I get this. And I'm like, oh, God, it is real, isn't it? Right. Same thing. Um, and I don't, I don't describe it fully because it is somebody's house in Menasha that I encountered this in. But it is something where you're like, are you human? Are you bat? Are you, what are you? Like, you look like Mothman mixed with a, a vampire. Like it's weird stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had to, I've had to cleanse doggy daycares. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun too. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be distracted by the dogs. That's all I can say. I'm a dog person. I couldn't do it. I definitely could oh. not do it. <laughs> it was, um, if you want to talk difficult that was difficult because I'm like oh my god I love all the dogs wait a second okay focus, focus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do a lot of different businesses a lot of different homes and there's just things that you think are like myth or um, they couldn't possibly exist and yet I keep running into things that are like huh Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, if if there's a story about it out there, there's a reason there's a story about it out there. Okay, right, right. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit tricky, but 
Um, I'm a firm believer in Bigfoot. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I believe in all the cryptids. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's why I like you. <laughs> so when you were describing that house, was that the scariest or like the most frightening encounter? Or do you have something that tops that? Honestly, the most frightening encounter was where I grew up. Okay. Um, and that's because it was, um, it's something I don't often talk about just because it's the concept of you talk about it, you bring it to you. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But it's similar in what it can do to the house that I was cleansing. Okay. And, and it follows me. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, when you work in sort of the different dimensions of existence, I'll say. Mm -hmm. There are things that will sometimes, I, <laughs> I love when I talk about this because I'm, I'm going, I'm going to sound crazy to some people, but that's just <laughs> the way it is. Um, there are things that will latch on to the work that you do, if it's good work, and it will try to bring you down. Wow. So people who we call light workers, um, and a lot of my friends work in kind of the metaphysical and they do a lot of different things. Um, we're always susceptible to like negative energy sources wanting to sort of bring it back down because negative feeds off of the negative. So it's like, don't, don't raise everybody's vibrational, you know, positive level, bring it back down. We need it. Mm -hmm. So it is weird. Um, I didn't really believe it, but I've had bouts of like where I will suddenly just go through a series of just feeling like I don't want to live. And it comes out of absolutely nowhere. I can be, and I know somebody's going out there, wow, she sounds like she might be bipolar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's more of the like, suddenly I'm going, wait a second, where is this coming from? This is coming out of nowhere. I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. And so I'm very hyper aware of when it happens and I have to be very careful, but it's a lot of us get um, these moments where suddenly we're brought way down and it's like, oh yeah, this isn't okay. Something's going on. And that's when you're like, okay, stage in the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> what else do I need? I gotta get the crystals back out. Like what else do I need to do here? <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah I've definitely I, I've definitely had that happen to me before too you can all of a sudden you feel this like just down energy and you're like yeah. wait a minute this is not my energy like I don't know where you're coming from but you need to go exactly that <laughs> yeah because you're sitting there going wait a second I was perfectly fine and then yeah. suddenly that light switch flips and you're going wait whoa this isn't okay Right. Get out of my space. <laughs> yeah. And I, I live in an old farmhouse. My house is like 133 years old and it's haunted. So it's <laughs> one of those where I've made like the, the spirits in my house and me, we're good. So if anything <laughs> tries to come in my space, I usually get a warning. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's that's nice. <laughs> like, oh. I've got it made here. <laughs> I love that. 
Can you tell us uh, what your business, Jen's Illuminated Path, offers as far as services and what is a good way for our listeners to connect with you in the future? Um, so I offer, I am a one-woman show. I offer both psychic and mediumship readings. They're an hour in length. I've learned, I don't offer different times just because I've learned you need an hour. Um, my readings, I get pretty in depth and sometimes, you know, you have to be ready for that because they'll touch in things that can be difficult, but that like need to be resolved within you. And I also offer courses. So I have a, I have a master's degree in education. I taught for about 15 years and my specialty is designing curriculum for, to, basically help people move forward in life. So I have curriculum in shadow work that was designed that's one-on-one -on -one, that helps people when you're like, you know what? I am so sick and tired of my patterns and my own um, bullshit. Hopefully I can swear. Uh, my own Like I'm tired of this. I'm ready to like break free of my, my own patterns that are holding me back. That's when somebody's ready to do shadow work with me. And it's an, it's an eight session course and it's designed around your time. So like you, you schedule it individually with me. It's not like a class. And I have other courses too. I was a financial advisor for a while. So I have a financial shadow work, helping people kind of let go of limiting money beliefs and then a body shadow work to help people let go of some of their own like body beliefs that might be holding them back from achieving goals in like physically or even just how they feel about themselves. And the best, well, and I do cleansings. I cleanse businesses and I cleanse homes. <laughs> um, the best way to find me is my website. So it's just jensilluminatedpath.com and people can book on the website. Awesome. We'll link that in our show notes too. Yep. So thank, thank you so much for, you know, bringing all this really interesting and insightful information for our listeners. I've learned a lot of cool new things and meeting you has just been such a cool experience. So we, we loved having you on and we hope that we keep the conversation going at some other point, but Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, maybe we'll have to get you guys to help team up with us on Paranormal Coffee Hour from some weird episode that we're both interested yeah. in. We're all I would love that. So yeah. That. <laughs> Thank you both so much. I appreciate the opportunity to get to do this with you. Thank oh, you're you. welcome. Thank you again. And thank Absolutely. you guys for listening. And we love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't, don't forget, forget, we love you. Love you.